Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sign Guy Nation, welcome to the show on another Friday. Sign Guy with you along with the coach with the most coming at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast because he knew it wasn't just a real estate scammer. He knew that that guy was pretending to be a ghost. Coach Mike Jones, throw some show notes if you're looking for some professional wrestling in the next few days. Tonight, WCWO at the Outlaw Arena, 1151 South Kentucky Avenue in Indianapolis. It is the Rumble tonight, so make sure you get out there to check the Outlaw Rumble. I won't be in that one, or will I? You don't know yet. EOR in Scottsdale, Arizona. Rocky Mountain Pro in Denver, Colorado. FGW in Hamilton, Ohio. CPW in West Haven, Connecticut. Tomorrow night, Emerge making their way back to Columbus. They will be at the former HPW Arena for the first time. Timber Pro Wrestling in Startup, Washington. NLPW in Piedmont, Alabama. FFW in Panama City Beach, Florida. RPW in Detroit, Michigan. POR back in Scottsdale, Arizona for day three of a three-day tour. IZW in Tempe, Arizona. Lucha Libre, Mexico in Cathedral City, California. SWA in Biloxi, Mississippi. DCW in Salt Lake City, Utah, KEPW in Frankfort, Connecticut, NEW in Bethany, Connecticut, MWAS in Norwich, Connecticut, the Intergender Bonanza in Williamstown, New Jersey, MCIW in Indianapolis, Indiana, Seeger Wrestling making its debut in West Lebanon, Indiana, EPW in Bedford, Indiana, Bluegrass WrestleCon in Ashland, Kentucky, NWP in Terre Haute, Indiana, and also tomorrow night, PWE in Highland, Illinois. Coach, lots of shows going on this week, lots of wrestling to see and get mother to for the Mother's Day week, and also for Derby Week if you're in the Kentucky area. Yeah, definitely. Man, wrestling's just uh, going bigger than bigger and bigger than ever. It seems like. It seems like it is, and of course, you have lots out there. Especially if you're in Kentucky, KPW having a very special Derby Day edition of their show. And anytime you have a show in Kentucky near Derby Day, it's going to be exciting. Also, mothers. Love pro wrestling, too, so take them to a show. A lot of promotions putting on special pricing if you're a mother. 
So take advantage of that this week. Yeah, definitely. And then I'm excited about tomorrow. We got a Buddha special with six-time world champion Brad Schwartz, the owner of Fitness Quest in uh, Washington here. And he's been challenged by the star shoot from the movie Vision Quest, Frank Jasper. And they're going to be going at it in Auburn next next Saturday, May 14th, at the Fitness Quest in Auburn. And then uh, the next day, Washington, we're going to be doing a... Clarify for the listeners yeah. with multiple Auburns. Yes. And then they're going to be in the one and only Puyallup, Washington, the following day to settle the score on May 15th at the Puyallup Vision Quest, or Fitness Quest. So looking forward to that. Indeed so, and I believe our guest has made his way here. Let's bring him on, as it's been a long time coming. Phil Good, have you joined us? Sir, yes, sir. How are you fellas doing today? Doing very well. Thank you so much for taking time today to be with us. We know we are interrupting half of Ada EW's rampage for you at their very special, absurdly early start time today. Hey, sometimes you got to do what you got to do, and that's the right thing to do is to come see you guys. How you guys doing? You guys doing all right? Doing great. Happy Friday. Happy Friday it is. Not good Friday, but it's a good Friday. Indeed. Well, Phil, I will lead you off today with our traditional first-timer question. You were on here for a, a Buddhist special at one point, but... Since this is your proper first time, how did you get into this wacky world of pro wrestling? Getting into the world of professional wrestling, the wacky world of professional wrestling, as you would call it. There was a time back in 1999 that uh, WCW and WWF had had, uh, shows in the same week. Uh, Spring Stampede pay-per-view for WCW and... uh, House, uh, an odd Thursday house show up in Seattle, and I happened to be attending both of them. And uh, I ran into uh, I ran into uh, gentleman I went to high school used to wrestle as Big Wood, and he was about to make his uh, make his entrance um, into the world of professional wrestling when a mutual uh, or a mutual attendee of my high school walked up to me and and we used to talk wrestling all the time but a man by the name of Cecil David Reed Cecil uh, had just told me that night that uh, hey I'm about to have my debut match for the UIWA uh, in two days on a Saturday and I was hot to try to go check it out and uh, <laughs> of uh you know, on the way to that UIWA show, I was, I was thinking to myself, holy crap, I'm going to three different wrestling shows in th- from three different organizations in Washington in one week. How cool is this? And uh, I got I got lost, got turned around, twisted on the way. I finally found it. I missed uh, I missed the, the his match. He was wrestling as uh, as a. Uh, Rebel Rhett Dixon, and he was going against a young upstart named Havoc, who was only having his uh, 
second individual match, and you know who he'd also had a battle royal as well. So they were both fairly new. I wound up talking to Cecil over near the locker room, just you know, and like any old Joe Schmo said, "Hey, I should come in as your manager someday." You know, that'd be a right. Well, your co-host, Coach Mike Jones, walks by, and Cecil turns to a coach and says, Hey, Coach, Phil wants to come in as a manager. A little this and a little that. Five days after that, I'm I, I, I'm in my first training session with Coach with the most, and uh, off to the races from there. So I started with the UIWA. Now, the UIWA, for the people unfamiliar, was the promotion Diavula Debashi had started years prior to this, and there was a form of the UIWA that existed in the last few years as a governing body. Uh, you have a lineage there with Debashi, of course, uh, he trained coach, and he running the UIWA. How instrumental has the UIWA as an organization been to you over the years? Well, it's instrumental in that, uh, you know, any any organization that breaks into the world of professional wrestling um, should be instrumental because they're the ones that uh, gave you your start. And, you know, and, uh, there's a lot of fans out there in the world that always thought about starting, but never either, whether it's motivation, inspiration, uh, uh, lack of know-how, and, and where to get get where to get that training. Nowadays, it's a whole lot easier to find it. But uh, being as they gave me my start, I uh, I have a lot a lot of good memories uh, just just from spending time at their training center, the, the you know the projects, and. Uh, um, after that, after that first card I had attended, I, I went, I went, uh, I went, uh, went home and, uh, not even thinking about the training as much as I was excited to come back the next, the next day to, you know, tear down the ring. You know, I mean, a lot of guys, uh, you know, they do it a couple times. They give up on it, you know, or it's not cool anymore, but the first time you tear down that ring, uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's it's a whole new experience for you. Um, they, uh, you know, I, I went through a period where I didn't have much contact with Coach, but uh, I always, uh, I always, uh, whenever I get a chance to get together with Coach or Diafola, I'm, uh, you know, I'm always happy to to reminisce a little bit about uh, about uh, the old times. The first place that I saw you in person was at the old Havoc Haven for Pinnacle Wrestling. There were a lot of wrestlers that either were in the beginnings of the national stage or they went on to the national stage. People like T.J. Wilson, Harry Smith, Becky Lynch, Davey Richards, Jack Evans, all went on to superstardom. Yeah, guys like Dr. Tom Pritchard and Bo James that were there that already had established careers. What was it like being young in the business 
and being in a locker room that had that much talent to it show after show. Well, that was the kind of time in in, uh, in my professional life uh, that you couldn't help but learn something from every show. I mean, you should pr- attempt to learn something from every show, have a takeaway of sorts, if you will, um, from every show. But every time I, I got around those guys, I was I was learning something. I mean, even even if it's something simple as uh, learning exactly how strong Harry Smith is, uh, I, I didn't even have to post up. Uh, I tried to post up, but I didn't have time to uh, uh, on when, he, when when taking a power bomb from the man. I, and I also had no problem selling too, because because uh, that that man whipped me up with such a quickness. And I I think I took the bump before I realized it was happening. But uh, but Doctor Tom, I mean, just just a simple twist in the critique on a on a promo, you know, can, can you know, just one comment from Doctor Tom will elevate your game. And uh, Bo, Bo James is you know, Bo, Bo James is a guy. He's uh, he's worked with so many different people and filtering some of the information. He Bo Bo is always quick with a reference point on on how to. Uh, uh, so and so taught me this, or how to how to do that, and you know, I, Bo is the guy. I wish I would have uh, been able to talk to a lot more of. And uh, uh, TJ was one of the nicest guys in the world. And uh, well, Becky Lynch, over Becky Knox, uh, she was a spitfire from day one. So, yeah, that was that was a good time because you 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 they were always learning something. Now, being primarily a manager, you've worn other hats as well, such as referee, in-ring competitor. You've done a lot. How important has cardio been for what you do? Do you find yourself doing a lot of cardio to be able to keep up with everything you have to do? Do you adjust it depending on what you're going to do on an individual show? How do you work the cardio? Um, oh, gotcha. Car- cardio. Uh, I'm sports radio right now. It, it, I'm sorry. What was that? I'll oh, go ahead. Uh, cardio was a, uh, um, you know, there's no, there's no substitute for in-ring work for cardio. But whereas when you work, work a, or you know, wear many different hats, as you say. You know, if you're not going to be in the ring for for any period of time, you know, you, you still gotta you still gotta do your uh, due diligence as far as whether whether it's you know, treadmill work or whether it's uh, running intervals. I find intervals to be a um, to be a good uh, a good uh, work on the cardio for uh, keeping up with the in ring competition because because not everybody you're not going to run you know out and out and out for uh, you know Basically, you're not, you know, running a marathon as much as it feels like it. Sometimes you need a quick, quick burst of being able to change direction or uh, get up to speed to uh, be where you're supposed to be. So, uh, inter- intervals, I find intervals to be key when when working on your cardio. Well, we have a game on the show. I think you'd be a perfect candidate to play this. We call it word association. 
I'll throw out the names of some people that you more than likely have come across in your career, and the first word that comes to your mind to describe them is the answer. Are you ready for some word association? All right. Now let me ask you this. Word association. I've listened to word association in the past. Some people don't seem to get the word word association. The the keyword it doesn't say words association. It says word singular. Uh, are you looking for individual words? First word or two is the hope and the dream, but we won't throw you under a bus if it comes out a few more than that. Okay. Not trying. I appreciate you not being a bus chucker. All right. Well, All right. shoot. Let's play. Okay, here we go. First one, wild card. Shades. Dan Adams. Say again. Dan Adams. Talented. Sunny days. Energetic. Chef. Genuine. Taekwondo. Bro. Versatile. Diafula the Butcher Debashi. Master. Paragon. Rising. Davy Richards. Intense. Ken Hamlin. Knowledgeable. Chicken Bob. Underrated. Lance Dean. Salty. The final one, Reagan Grimes. Superstar. Well, that completes word association. I would have thought you would have more names. A few months ago, you took part in a tournament at Northwest Pro, and it was a hardcore tournament. You don't do a lot of in-ring wrestling, but you do even less, I believe, hardcore in-ring wrestling. What prompted you to step into the ropes in a hardcore tournament? Sometimes you got to just throw, throw yourself in there and prove that uh, see, 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 see if you still got it or not. And, uh, I I I won't I got chucked out in that first round, but I dare say uh, I dare say I held my own with Chris Marks in that chain match. You definitely did. You were right there with him. Now, when it comes to the hardcore wrestling, the death matches, lots of blood on shows, is that something that you? enjoy as 
a spectator? Do you enjoy it as a participant? Is it something that's not really your normal taste in wrestling? Where do you stand with it? You know, I think hardcore, ha- you know, hardcore definitely has a niche fall in, and I'm not, uh, I don't have as much against hardcore wrestling as, as much as uh, it's uh, a, a tournament is one thing when you know for a fact that that's what's going to be uh, what's going to be on the show and, and, and you're going to get a taste, a little taste of everything as it relates to hardcore. That said, hardcore uh, matches should only be used sparingly because it's like it it's like anything whether it's horror movies or 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 any any other uh, on the edge form of entertainment the, the 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 more you view it the more you see it the more you do it the the more desensitized you get to it and uh it's uh it should be used sparingly very very sparingly now, as far as that chain goes, uh, the car that I'm in right now houses that chain and those two dog collars, and uh, it, it, it uh, very well could make another appearance down the road be- be- before I go down the road, if you get to catch my drift. I think I'm picking up what you're putting down there. Well, you've got good perception then, my son. Well, at this point, of course, Coach is with us. I'm sure Coach has questions galore, so I'm going to pass you over to the Coach with the most coming at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he loves to eat olive bread French toast. Hey, brother. How you doing today? What's going on? Good, sir. Man, it's been an honor to work with you, help you break in, uh, have you in the real school army, go all over with you. And uh, I'm looking forward to working with you some more. Uh, Coach, it's always a blast when we, uh, when we get together, whether we're with each other or on the rare occasions where, uh, where, where I'm looking at you from across the ring. I, I, uh, my, uh, besides giving, my, giving me my first lesson, uh, I'm pretty sure it was you that threw me out of my first, uh, my first uh, battle royal uh, on a non- in, on a non-training show, and uh, I, I believe it was you that checked, checked me out. But uh, that was a that was a hell of an experience in itself. And that was at Gig Harbor, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got a I've got a picture that a fan took. Uh, uh, me performing a move that should not be performed in, uh, in a battle royal as a bulldog. I got a picture of me me in midair in the sitting position. Uh, I was about to land a bulldog on you, but uh, I learned that uh, it's not safe to be throwing out too many moves like that in the middle of a battle royal, but you live, you learn. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, hey, who were some of your heroes growing up, whether it was wrestling, sports, or uh, ordinary life? Well, my my mom's father, uh, Melvin Swanson, was one of my heroes because that cause that man grew up in the Depression era, and I always saw a a, a talent for figuring things out. Because back when he, when he grew up, you 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 had no choice but to to figure out how to do things because you couldn't afford to pay somebody else to do them. 
and and I always thought that you know that was a talent and uh, and and uh, you know self-made talent. Um, you know, in sports, I uh, you know I grew up liking the Mariners. I uh, my my favorite uh, non-Mariner was was Ricky Henderson. Yeah, uh, you know, I was a I was a big uh, big Hulkamaniac when I when I when I first became a fan. But I also became a big fan of the Dynamite Kid as I, uh, you know, I, I was more of a I was more of a smaller kid, you know, very very small for, um, and uh, didn't ever have much size on me and. Well, as you had some larger-than-life guy like the Hulkster, I, I became a fan of the Dynamite Kid because cause I always looked at that guy as uh, the little engine that could. You know, you know, he was always the he was always the epitome of of the phrase. It's not the size of the dog in the fight; it's the size of the fight in the dog. And little did I know uh, how much fight was in that man. But but he but he had a lot of fight in him, and and I always appreciated that. And then uh, nice. and a guy like Rod, a guy like Roddy Piper that. Uh, that that could uh well as 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 they like to say in the business uh he could talk him in the seats he could talk him into the seat and uh, definitely so the, yeah there's a, there's a few of them i mean i could i i could, I could yeah, name cool. name a bunch of them for, for for whatever reason you know like Ricky Steamboat yeah. was one of the smoothest guys i've ever seen in the ring um and uh yeah, and then then the Road Warriors looked like you know they came out of some horror movie, which they kind of did. But um, yeah, yeah, it was a, okay. Hold on a second. How much time do you got left? How much? How long? Uh, I, I got some time. What's up? Okay, I got to take care of something real quick. Sign, can you uh, take over for a minute? Okay. Thank you. All right. So, feel good. Um, one of the things that has been a staple in wrestling for the last few years, and some people see it as a detriment to an extent because they perceive it to hurt ticket sales. Some people see it as a tool to broaden the awareness of a promotion, that being the live streaming of events. I know you've been on a lot of shows that have live-streamed over the last few years. What's your personal take on how live-streaming may hurt or help the industry? Well, it is a proverbial double-edged sword because, uh, you know, on one hand, uh, people people have the opportunity to say, "Ah, I don't... I don't really feel like getting off the couch. I'll just watch the live stream. And and if too many people do that, then 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 there then then there's you know less people in the crowd, less people in the crowd. Some people may may perceive it as bush league, and then they don't watch the product, and then they don't come back. But then, uh, on the other hand, with the live stream, I, I was able to uh, call. Uh, Somebody, a buddy of mine in California, who is one of my first quote-unquote wrestling friends, um, and uh, since he doesn't live in the state, and and while I've worked in a few different states, you know, up here in the Northwest, Canada, Oregon, Idaho, uh, uh, Washington, 
it seems like a couple others, but uh, I've never worked in California. And uh, so my old buddy from high school, due to this live stream, I was able to, uh, he was able to actually watch me perform live, which, which, uh, which got him following some of the, uh, some of the people who attend our shows and something like that will get him when we got some of our people that, that work in California will, you know, he goes, Oh, I know that guy. That's the guy I watched on that live stream. I want to go check him out. So it, it, it can help. It can hurt. Uh, you can also, as a live stream, you know, if, 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 if the format as a way of, uh, going back and, and, uh, watching, watching the live stream after the fact, you can, you know, if you're excited about what you see, you can say, "Oh my God, this is this is the most insane, insane thing you, you'll ever see," or "Oh, what you can't believe this match is an amazing match." Um, you you can go pull it up for your buddies, and and as a fan, you can get your buddy, you know, show show a clip of the live stream, and and get those people uh, coming, you know, coming with you to the next show. So, and you know, pros cons. And uh, you know, when, when, and then another aspect of the live stream that I think is a pro is, is um, you know, for storyline purposes per se. If you uh, if you're a fan that go, you know, for work reasons or or whatnot, if you can only make a handful of shows, you know, you 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 can still follow, you know, fo- follow a promotion without missing without missing what's going on. So, and you get the right commentator on the live stream. They can, uh, again, enhance the act, action like a good commentator should. Exactly. And you have a couple of good ones there at Northwest Pro for sure. Yes. Now, it, uh, one of the things here in Washington that we have is we have a few well-known newsletter writers that have been around. Mike Rogers used to put out the newsletter that was more or less for people within the industry, but I believe anybody could subscribe to it. And then Brian Alvarez, of course, the figure four newsletter which has become one of the largest newsletters in circulation he's still going very strong to this day did you personally put much stock into the newsletters and what they may have written about the local scenes or was it something that you didn't really pay much attention to personally you know i didn't get too into them i i I have Actually, still in a in a box somewhere. Uh, in, uh, I just moved, so I don't know exactly where. But I, I have a copy of uh, a few of Mike Rogers' uh, newsletters. A very 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 good writer, and I'm looking forward to. Uh, I believe he's got a book coming out real soon. Uh, you know, Katie Bar the Door. Looking forward to that, Mr. Rogers, if you're listening. Um, and I and I ran into Mr. Rogers, uh, uh, Mike Rogers, there on uh, a few of few of those UIWA shows. He was refereeing still at the time. Um, now, uh, Brian Alvarez, he's, uh, he's very knowledgeable about what, what he writes about, but uh, 
part of the you know again it's you know it's it's uh it's a form of entertainment and it sometimes it's about considering the source and if and if you don't know the source it's hard to consider but uh you know Brian's but Brian is an upstanding guy and uh I did get a chance to uh do commentary with him for a a show or two on Pinnacle that he did some commentary for but as far as putting stock into the newsletters, it's hit or miss. I had almost forgotten Brian Alvarez had done the commentary with uh, Vinny V. Okay. I I honestly don't remember the Vinny V uh, connection with Alvarez in the commentary. I just remember uh, strolling into the commentary booth with uh, Rolling Too Deep uh, behind me and uh, – uh, doing a little uh, commentary with Mr. Alvarez. I believe they would use Vinny V when they would do commentary in post-production rather than live. But Fair play. Yeah, somewhere in my collection there is one of the Brian Alvarez-Vinny V combo commentary pinnacled sets. Hey, when we get a chance... Um, I'd like to talk to you about your collection of uh, of, of uh, pinnacle releases. Fair enough. We have seen in the last several years an uptick in popularity in Japanese pro wrestling amongst American fans. It used to be a very, very niche audience that would tape trade for it and read the magazines for it and so forth. Now it's grown to where New Japan Pro Wrestling can tour the United States as a standalone and fans are buying tickets to see strictly the Japanese promotion. Is getting to Japan something that you've ever considered as a career goal or do you like the Japanese style of wrestling? Well, it's funny you say that. I have been to Japan, just not as part of my career. Um, and I've been to a, I've been to a couple of wrestling events in Japan, and it's a completely different experience. And uh, I dropped down uh, plenty of yen on 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 a few uh, a few uh, VHS tapes when I was there in the mid '90s. Um, so I did my own importing of tapes from Japan. Uh, I uh, I saw a UWF International show uh, main evented by Nobuhiko Takeda as their champion against uh, Super Vader, as they called him over there, Big Van Vader, who was a w- or WCW champion at the time. You know, it was it was uh, beginning of December of 1993, and you know, not too long before Ric Flair defeated. Uh, Vader for the title at Starcade, but he was still champion over there, and it was a big deal with with uh, champion versus champion, and uh, and uh, Luthez was there to to present the winner with the uh, with the original or old school belt that he he had previously worn, and being in about forty five thousand people on the uh, on the floor of a baseball stadium watching a red wrestling event in Japan, you'd think, you know, if you're familiar with the American style, it'd be pretty, you'd think it'd be pretty riotous, but it was 
very quiet, respectful, and most of the reactions prior to the uh, prior to the main event were um, reserved for the end of the match. Career-wise, well, 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 that would be nice. It's it's not something that I'm look I, I'm uh, I'm looking for career-wise, but uh, I was glad to go and experience it as a fan. And I also had gone to a WWF show, uh, and uh, it, was, it was completely you know different style. But it was uh, it, it was uh, the main event of that show was uh, Bret Hart defending his title against Randy Macho Man Savage in 1994, which was one of only two times that uh, they wrestled in the in the WWF. And uh, regretfully, the other time was in Seattle at Saturday Night's main event. I couldn't make that one. Would have been nice to see them both. But but Japan, I, I whether you can get there to work or get there get there to visit, I I, I aim to go back again. And uh, if I could turn a working engagement in, out of it, I certainly will. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. Well, my buddy, my you're ready. Two is fine, but. Regardless, I mean, my next step. Yeah, so maybe okay. I understand. So, still good. We did have a question from a fan for you. Longtime fan Kurt Ferris wants to know what makes Phil so good. Phil makes Phil so good. There we go. Now, last but a year, you were involved in a diabolical chicken napping. You kidnapped Chicken Bob at a show in Idaho and forced him to co-manage with you, your group of people, including Jared Savage, as well as the Natural Disaster. What prompted you to chicken nap Chicken Bob? Well... I'll correct you on that. I'm pretty. It's 2022 now. What was that? 2021 or was that 2020? Um, it was one of the two. It was one of the COVID years. They all blended into one, I think. They do blend into one. Well, he gave me the side eye. Don't give me the side eye. That and uh, Jared Savage had nothing to do with it. I was team. I was teaming up with uh, Mikey the Mustache Selick. And uh, another gentleman, we're going against uh, Danger Dean, J.D. Mason, and the legend himself, Pat Tanaka. And at that point, the more the merrier. Chicken Bob, I figured that side eye meant that he wanted to get a little closer to the action. See for himself what, what Tanaka, Mason, and Dean were all about. Well, J.D. Masson, as we all know, a longtime supporter of Chicken Bob, he's on the gram with Chicken Bob. They got some pictures together. Oh, hey, Chicken Bob didn't hold anything against it because he took a picture with me, uh, you know, a couple months later, right, at, at one of the next couple events. That's true, that's true. He does love his grams, so. 
Well, Chicken Bob and I are on good terms, if you know what I'm saying. I'm picking up what you're throwing down there. Now, speaking of Northwest Pro, like we said, you've worn a lot of hats. In the last few months, you've worn several. You've wrestled, you've managed, and after many years, you have refereed at Northwest Pro. What led to you doing some officiating work? Well, the last time I had done that was in the summer of 1999. Uh, I'm bringing up the UIWA again at a, at a Des Moines Waterland Festival. And uh, I had, I had uh, refereed uh, half the card on that show. And one of the great honors was, was uh, uh, Debashi and Fatu the Tonga kid, uh, Fatu, and uh, they were going against Playboy Buddy Rose and the player, Lewis Rock. And that was an, ex- that was an experience in and of itself. And it was that, that was the first time I'd uh, had a chance to uh, do in, do, uh, perform in any way in front of my father. So uh, in, in thinking about the, uh, and thinking about that memory, it was it was uh, it was time to uh, it was time to give a referee in another shot. Not uh, not 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 my favorite hat I've ever worn. No offense to yourself, you're a fine official. As much as I complain about you, um, but uh, uh, I, I, do, I do enjoy it, and uh, like anything, uh, I strive to be. As good as I can be, we're doing it. Well, I believe Coach is back and ready. Coach, are you back and ready? I'm back and ready. Okay, I heard most of it. Yeah, I'm basically trying to do a little bit of work here, but I'm done for now. Um, so anyway, back to my question. Did you play sports in high school or growing up? Well, I played uh Played little league uh, baseball, little league soccer. One of uh, you know, one of the uh, the great joys of uh, a little league uh, time frame was um, my team got to my soccer team got to play play another team before a Tacoma Stars matchup in the Tacoma Dome. Now I'd attended. Plenty of Tacoma Stars soccer games in the Tacoma Dome at the time because that's where they played at the time. But uh, it, it, it was an experience, you know, stepping out onto uh, stepping out onto that field myself. You know, even though it's just you know literally, you know, it's it was it was it was it was cool as hell to step out onto that big league field. You know, it's you know it's like uh, it's just like uh, wrestling. You you you. Uh, you, you you might play 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 around with your buddies, but uh, you know it was kind of the same experience when I got in the ring for the first time. But uh, all right, you know as I got as I got to a, a junior high and high school, you know I wasn't hitting the ball any better, and uh, you know and I I was kind of done with soccer at the time. So uh, you know junior high high school I transitioned to doing what 
doing what I did, you know, not just okay, but very well. I happened to be uh, one hell of a runner, so I transitioned into uh, track and cross country in, in, in the uh, secondary years of school. All right. And then uh, I know that you were a Marine, and that's really pr- impressive. What other self-defense background do you have? Well, uh, fair enough. You brought up my Marine Corps background. Uh, let me uh, relate that to a sporting background. I uh, I will tell you in a gym class uh, that uh, in the seventh grade, we were talking about uh, a couple of guys were talking about, well, if I was to join the, ser- the service, I would join this branch or, or I would join that branch. I never gave it much thought. But uh, okay. they asked me what, what I would join. My dad was a Marine as well and uh, spoke of it uh, here and there. So I just said, without giving it any thought, I would uh, I would probably join the Marine Corps. And this kid who at the time, he was my best friend all through elementary school, and we're in the seventh grade now, he looked me square in the eye and said, you would never make it in the Marines. And I will never forget, there was a touch of venom in his voice, and this, you know, and that was a little bit, you know, I, I never forgot that. So when I wound up joining, I made sure I, I joined the Marine Corps, and not only did I make it, but when I graduated, I walked the stage, and I, I had gotten the high physical fitness score in my platoon. So not only did that little runt kid who, who, who was told he would never make it, I, I walked the stage at graduation uh, with a high physical fitness score. My running aptitude helped me with that because I was already fast enough. Now, now, now it took me three months to get strong enough to max up my pull-ups, but I did it. Nobody, nobody, else, nobody else got a perfect score in my platoon. So to a little sidebar about, about the background, that's a little bit of a driving force, you know, tell me I can't do something and mean it. I'll do what I can to prove you wrong. Definitely. And then, so what were, what were some of your most memorable matches, whether you've been involved with or seen in your life? Okay. Um, well, uh, you know, WrestleMania three was a big one. It was the first pay per view I ordered, uh, uh, or my uncle ordered it, and uh, you know, it was it was a hell of a spectacle. Um, the you know, Hogan and Andre was larger than life, and Savage Savage versus Steamboat was memorable angle, awesome match. I, uh, um, you know, I, I, we could do a whole show about uh, matches that influenced me or, 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 or you guys as well. We can go back and forth. Um, I, 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 enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed the work of, when I was in the Marines, I enjoyed the work of uh, Shawn Michaels at the time, um, the, the 95-96 era. My dad would uh, be, be recording stuff, stuff and send it to me. Um, I... Uh, as far as matches I've been involved in, I that, that battle royal we talked about, you know that was uh, that was uh, the first time my dad had seen me in the ring, and uh, and uh, you know that you know just to, just to kind of sneak a peek uh, out of the corner of my eye, you know get get you know kind of get a glimpse of my girlfriend and uh, my dad, and and 
other people that came to see me just to, you know, see me doing my thing. That was very memorable. Uh, you know, being in the ring with, uh, whether if it's UFC Hall of Famer, Stefan Bonner, Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, um, being, you know, working with Playboy Buddy Rose, working with, working with, uh, the future Hart Dynasty of, of Harry Smith and uh, T.J. Wilson. Uh, yeah, I, I've I've enjoyed I've enjoyed working with those folks, and uh, you learn something every time. And uh, you know, you know, I would say uh, as much as much as I've enjoyed a lot a lot of things, I, I really uh, really enjoyed that uh, dog collar chain match. Um, because I think uh, I think top to bottom that was just one of my favorite matches where I've been in the ring. Um, but I feel like uh, I feel like uh, the last since I had a little bit of a layoff there, but then uh, when I came back in 2019, you know, I figured the last three years, three plus years, have been uh, I've been in a better place you know, in wrestling in my life that I've, uh, I'm not taking anything for granted at this point, And I've really enjoyed uh, what I've done the last, the last, uh, three plus years. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I'm proud and honored that I was able to help you get back into wrestling too, where like when I seen you down there at uh, Jake, the snakes comedy show, I was, I said to you then, I was like, Bill, Come on, man. We miss you in wrestling. We want you back. And I, 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 you were like, oh, I don't really think so. I don't know. And then, of course, you didn't until I uh, hooked up with you in 2019 and got you back in the real school army. Yes. Yes. That was, uh, you know, it, it all came down to, uh, it all came down to you, you making a post you know, on Facebook, something to the effect of, uh, um, I commented on it or I liked it or something and, and I didn't, you know, didn't think much of it. Then, then you, uh, you told me, uh, you, 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 you made a post or a comment that said, Hey, Phil, uh, my manager at the time is retired. You, uh, you know, real school army could use you. And, and I, I just replied with a simple, that'd be cool. <laughs> Without even thinking of it. Was. As soon as I, as soon as I hit, the, as soon as I hit send, that'd be cool. Like I said to myself, did I just agree to a comeback? <laughs> Am I coming back to wrestling? Yeah. Pinnacle uh, yeah. Wrestling closed down in, in the last show, November of '07. And uh, again, that was a hell of a ride working with the Hard Dynasty folks. And I even got to uh, work on a show with Natalia. I got to work. Uh, work a match uh, uh, on the outside uh, where uh, Becky Lynch was the referee. I, I worked with a lot at Bo James. Uh, I attended Tom Pritchard's seminar. I did a lot of cool things at Pinnacle. But when Pinnacle Wrestling uh, closed down after November of uh, 07, you know, less than a year later, I moved to Montana. Didn't know anybody wrestling-wise and anything going on in Montana. And I was in Montana for over four years. So when I came back to Washington in, in uh, the latter part of 2012, I thought wrestling was done for me. I didn't even think about the possibility of getting back. So, so when, uh, um, but I still kept up with everybody on Facebook and, you know, 
the old school days of MySpace and all that, but I, I, I never gave it much thought until uh until I until I said that'd be cool and when I asked myself, did I just agree to make a comeback? I gave it I gave it some thought and uh one of the driving forces behind uh behind my comeback was my kids. And I didn't say it to them at the time, but I uh I was I started getting all excited after I agreed to it, we talked and you know, my daughter, at the time she's 14, she's 17 now. Um, actually, she, maybe, yeah, she's about 14, just turned 14. And uh, she noticed a difference in me after I agreed to a comeback. And it was probably the most profound thing my daughter ever said to me. She she just looked at me and, and, and a moment of, uh, in, 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 in a moment of pure uh pure innocence but yet seriousness she said dad you know you guys do or you you in particular do a lot for us as kids you 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 know you sacrifice a lot you do a lot for us as kids or us as a family it's really nice to see you happy and excited and do uh for something for you not us for you and uh and and at that point i was locked in and uh you know yet one more memorable match that really stood out for me was uh was uh, August 31st uh, in 2019 a Northwest Pro Show as outdoors uh, at a park in Lakewood and uh it was one of my few double shots cuz we had a show later that night but my daughter attended the day show and I was in a battle royal and I wound up I wound up being third from last but boy was I gassed and I'm telling you you know just I, I as gassed as I was I was uh I was I was important for me to on that day because I got to perform in front of my daughter for the first time where she knew what she was watching who she was watching and she was able to point to say that's my dad and uh you know that uh that was a big day for me and that was uh you know, if if it ended that day, I would have been happy because she got to see me do my thing. Yeah, that was special. And then, so who's been some of the toughest wrestlers that you've? Um, I know you've wrestled some matches, either been against or been in a match against managing. Toughest wrestlers. Well, yes. Man, well, I tell you what, you know, J.D. Mason's pretty damn tough. I'll get, I, I, I can't, uh, you know, I had a, I had a, I had a one-on-one in a, in a little COVID taping with him, and uh, I, uh, you know, I, I will tell you this: J.D. Mason is one tough customer. You know, Stephen Bonner. I managed him a, a, a time or two, and I will tell you this: hard, hard to top, hard to top the USC Hall of Famer when it concerns toughness. Um, you, uh, oh man, there's a. I got I got something to chime in on that. A lot of people might not know an example of JD's toughness was. When I the day that I beat Mike Santiago in a third round TKO at Uncle Sam's Bar and Grill for Volcano Mixed Martial Arts in an amateur MMA fight, that same day, 
J.D. Mason squashed Damon James in 30 seconds in the, in the in the in another MMA fight too. So there you go. Well, J.D. was a uh, amateur wrestler and uh, a very good one, from what I understand. And and uh, if you uh, you know that that covers that covers a lot of weight because uh you know when it when it uh amateur wrestling will uh will teach you to be able to hold hold your own and uh, you will uh you know when it comes down to it if you can lock on a hold you know no matter how strong you are some holds you just don't get out of so no J- jd's definitely you're right uh, J- jd's uh JD took care of business that day. Yeah. Okay. It looks like we're getting down to the end of the show, so I'm going to give my plugs real quick. They can check me out at Coach Mike Jones, a coach with the most. Coach Mike Jones on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Also, check out the Real School Army and the NGW Green Room for hundreds of interviews. And also got the Seattle Mariners Organizational Report and the Cincinnati Reds Organizational Report. And I'm going to be having my own podcast here soon called The Coach Mike Jones Show. Thanks to Sign Guy for getting me branched out. But I'm still going to be on Turnbuckle. So thank you so much. And I think we're going to have to get you back. you got a lot to say, buddy. Well, hey, I will, I will gladly come back. Uh, I, I was kind of uh, – kind of, uh, I, 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 hope, I hope you guys heard me all right. I, I'm, I'm on speakerphone with my phone right up to my ear. I was uh, – Driving to handle some business, yeah. But uh, yeah, I would I, I would love to come back and uh, and and, we're, and uh, do this again with both of y'all. So uh, before you end, what do you got coming up, and how do they get a hold of you? Well, we Northwest Pro has uh, has uh, two shows coming up, uh, the thirteenth and the fourteenth. Uh, so this. Not this weekend, but the next weekend. And um, you can get a hold of me on Facebook uh, un- un- under my uh, given name of Philip Millette Ben. You know, that said, I I run my personal page on Facebook as uh, as uh, as, uh, as well as uh, my wrestling. I, I I I mix both worlds in that regard. I have uh, you can find me on. You know, Mr. Feelgood on TikTok, Instagram. Not quite as active as much on that, but I'm I'm, I'm doing more as as we go. All right, I want to wish you all the luck in the world, brother. Sign. Hey. Well, I just want to throw in I may have you both be because I witnessed J.D. Mason break his neck and keep going through his match until the end. Wow. Hey, that's hey, that's tough right there. You know, I, uh, you know, you know, he, he, he may be, you know, some people say he, he, he might even say he's broken down, but I, I would, I would take a, I would take a focused broken down JD over, over most people, uh, when it comes to handling business. I'm not saying people should continue on with a broken neck. I'm just saying that he did just so we're clear. Now, was it a broken neck or a broken freaking neck? Um, it was a little of both. Okay, just 
you know, for wrestling purposes, I wanted to clarify that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Sometimes chair shots what? go wrong. Hey, some some sometimes uh, in ring instructions go wrong too, but we keep going forward, right? That's true, also. Well, well Bill, I will we look. wrap up. Do you have anything else that you want to say or plug or promote? Well, I, I will. Uh, since you know, Coach said he wanted to have me back on again. We will, uh, we will uh, definitely, definitely have to book that in the future. I will, I will leave you this little nugget. It's good to be hard, but it's hard to be good. Thank you, guys. All Four, right, I will have you. my date book with me next week. So, fans, if you've not checked out Phil Good, definitely do so. Fantastic talent. I think you will enjoy him if you. Watch what he does. We definitely will have him back here, I'm sure. Everybody get out there, support your local independents wherever you have them over the coming few days. There's a lot out there all over the country. So find yourself some wrestling. We'll be back with you in the morning. We have the Buddhist special with the gentleman having the Vision Quest Fitness Quest battle. And then... Sunday afternoon, we continue with Blade Month. Blade Month continues on with Brian Blade out of the great state of Nebraska. I think you will definitely enjoy what he has to say. Longtime veteran of the sport. Everybody stay safe out there, and we will talk to you soon. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.